This episode of Red Cap Recap is brought to you by Dungeons & Dragons. Nothing gets me boner faster than a level 42 sword. Welcome into the Red Cap Recap. I'm your host, Dick Burns. Joining me today, as always, my partner in crime, Professor Mernonwood. Professor, do you copy? Copy loud and clear, Dick. I've copied a lot of dicks today on my fax machine. Interesting. Sounds like a very busy day. What does your boss think of that? Uh, he doesn't know. He probably thinks it's smaller than average. I know I do. <laughs> That's what I meant. He couldn't. He couldn't tell that it was actually happening. He just thought I was sending blank pages. Why is there a snail on top of the copy machine? Please, someone get rid of that. <laughs> Indeed, it's it's my curse, if you know what I mean. And all of my family has to deal with it as well. I'm not sure what you mean by that, but I feel like we should move on. Um, you know, we're actually going to start today's episode off a little different than normal. We have a question from a listener. Um, Hung Like Chung writes in and asks, Professor Mernonwood, what exactly do you teach? Oh, yes. Excellent question. Excellent question. So actually what I've been, it, I switch my classes depending on the year because I have uh, tenure at my college. So I can always, and, and at university, they let me do whatever I want to do. And right now I'm actually excavating uh, the depths of the crevices of uh, Kevin Spacey's victims. Uh, they, they actually have a lot of different stuff and I'm able to find out a lot of jizz and semen and things like that. And it's quite fascinating that uh, Kevin Spacey is, is possibly sent straight from hell. Yeah, very interesting. I, I remember reading your dissertation uh, that you started, the preview of it, and thought, you know, I want to be in there and I want to be doing that. Oh, every chance that I get, I mean, every time I get to scrape some of his remains off of, you know, people, it's... it's it's quite fascinating. That stuff right there, it's it's could cure cancer. It's a true American beauty. Well, yeah. let's go ahead and jump into it. We're here today to review the Men in Tights League, and what a week it was. We have some absolute stinkers. We have some people that crushed, and we're going to review it all. So without delay, let's jump on in. Starting off this week, we have another year, another L, in a dominating fashion, just taking Westerosi fear boners from the behind, bending them over, and choosing not to use any lube. Another year, another L, putting up 114 points to Westerosi fear boners, 90. Another year, another L, another week that we're singing the praises. What's going on here, Professor? Well, obviously, Dick, if you live by the bills, you die by the bills. And when Stefan Diggs gets 153 yards and a touchdown, and then you have Josh Allen just going for four touchdowns, it's, I mean, it's the rest is kind of history. Uh, Raheem Mostert uh, did a, a, an excellent job when he was in. Robinson coming in clutch. Who would have thought that they he would have such success coming into the league as an undrafted person in most dynasties uh and then of course jared cook making sure to get a touchdown as well all in all i mean when you have 114.68 week you're looking pretty good he definitely made the right calls with a lot of his starters other than uh fuller but she can't really control that and uh, 
props to him for his matchup, and uh, good for him. That's all I have to say. The facts uh, that he sent was accurate. Yeah, I mean, on the West Rossi fear boner side, you just got to hate to see a guy having a week like that. Um, you know, it, it was well put together. Uh, obviously, a lot of investment in the Bills, and even with a defense putting up negative one and a goose egg uh, from Will Fuller, uh, just able to absolutely crush this week. Excited to see what's going to happen with this team moving forward. Um, but it's it's been a shift, and I, I think they're starting to respond. And uh, another year, another L is, is proving to be a force within this league. Now let's take a look at West Rossi Fear Boners. Putting up 90 points is not too shabby. Um, is there room for growth here? And, and are they going to be looking a little more competitive in future matchups? Well, honestly, not not really. This doesn't look like there's too terribly much room for growth. I think 90 points is probably pretty close to the ceiling that the rest of Rossi Fiaboni is going to be going with. Uh, I do think Aaron Rodgers, is, if you can consistently get 18 points out of him, uh, it's, that's obviously good. You can't all expect to be like a week one showing out of him. Kareem Hunt's not typically going to get 22 points, uh, barring a, a Chubb injury uh, would be the only thing keeping him from... Uh, doing that more consistently but other than that i don't i don't expect too terribly much out of the rest of his team i think they're all pretty spot on sure and maybe a couple of touchdowns here or there to to give him some highlight weeks but i agree this is actually a pretty good week for for this team to put it together it, it sucks that they're going against uh, another year another l um but you know uh, it, it's looking like the the scores are starting to pick up uh, which is great to see and uh, wish these guys the best of luck next week. So moving on to the next matchup, we have the Great Cornholios taking on Victoria's Secret. This is one, another high-scoring game, uh, very close. The Great Cornholios taking it with 110.1 to Victoria's Secret's 105.78. Um, what are we seeing from Victoria's Secret? Um, and, and is this something that uh, he wishes there were anything that he could have done better? <laughs> well, actually, uh, there's there's a couple of different things. Obviously, the most glaring one would be to start uh, Leonard Fournette. And then another, of course, would be to start Cam Newton. Which, Cam Newton, for the record, wow. Comeback Player of the Year has, has his name written all over it, or vice versa, whatever you gangs call it. Uh, I, I think that, uh, obviously, either of those two starts and he wins soundly. Uh, I, I don't necessarily understand... I don't necessarily understand what he could have done, though, looking at the matchup, other than looking at Devontae Booker and thinking, what? Yeah, we're, we're, you know, this is something that just screamed out on the page here. Um, Devontae Booker start over uh, Fournette. I mean, even over Carrion Johnson. I, I don't know <laughs> where this came from, what deep cut inside other podcasts he listened to to pull this out and felt confident with it. I don't know if it's a dare. I don't know if the Cornholios paid him on the side uh, to do that. But whatever it was, it was worth it for them. The Cornholios put together a good week, a good showing. Uh, talk to me about this team. Is this a mirage, or is this something that we're going to see uh, the Cornholios being competitive uh, as, the, as the season continues? Right, right, right. Well, uh, honestly, I, I see him continuing, if it is a him, to continue dominating with this type of 100-point showing. It, it seems like that is not out of the realm of possibility to consistently happening. Uh, I love the fact that, not that Houston is the same offense that it was last year, but he started his Baltimore defense against his starting quarterback, and the defense actually outperformed his quarterback. And, and Deshaun Watson is not a quarterback that you're not going to start or get Randy Jackson to autograph on your martial arts weapon. 
it, it just seems like something that he did well. He played. He didn't let the critics dismay him. And he showed them why he's in it to win it. Yeah, absolutely. And he needed that defensive performance to win this week, right? In, in a pretty tight matchup, um, having 15 points on there really helped considering, you know, some of the other people that were going to be looking at the the defensive matchup they had there just didn't give them the same uh, competitive advantage. Um, you know, I, I'm looking at Melvin Gordon putting up 14-4. Obviously, there's a lot of injuries going on there. Um, if you can continue to get a performance out of him with, you know, backup quarterbacks and, and the schedule that they're having to play against, I agree with you. This is going to be a team that's probably going to pretty consistently be in the hundreds. I think there's obviously area for improvement and and some of these players uh, to actually have a better week. Gurley falling in the end zone, Deshaun Watson getting uh, a little more yards. Um, it, it looks like DK Metcalf has really taken that next step. Tell me, tell me what your thoughts are on Metcalf. Um, is this one of the, the bigger values that happened in the draft? Right. Well, with Metcalf, one of the things is I don't necessarily like the number of targets slash receptions he's getting, but I love what he's able to do when he gets them. He's making the most out of every opportunity that he has, and I believe he's gotten a touchdown in both weeks, just saying to all the haters, you should have taken me. Yeah, it'll be interesting. So uh, the great Cornholios uh, coming back, getting themselves competitive, excited, uh, looking forward to seeing what they do next week and, and the rest of the matchups. Uh, let's move on to a, a matchup that was a little less exciting with neither team cresting over 100. We had the Kevin 2.0s unfortunately falling victim to the luck that the pews of Samson are still ringing in week after week, taking this one with 96.76 points. Um, let's talk about you know the, the elephant in the room here, Kevin 2.0. What's going on with this team, and, and is there a way for them to turn it around? Honestly, I, I think no. <laughs> I, I, looking at what he has, Dak Prescott, of course, this is a ceiling week for him when you have such a great game. I believe it was the first quarterback in the history to have 450 yards and three rushing touchdowns, which is just astronomical. A 40-point game, well done. That's pretty much the only thing that kept him in the thick of it considering that obviously you expect Eckler and Cook to get right around 15. The rest just crapped the bed, the pants, you name it, they crapped it. Yeah, and, and you know, this is a team that was extremely competitive last season, but this is football, right? You, you come in, um, different things are going to happen in the offseason, um, you know, unpredictability on the field is going to strike. And this team is now looking like an unemployed hobo walking the streets trying to find anybody that can give them more than five points on the start. Absolutely. And that's, that's, it's got to be troubling for him that most people would draft Julio Jones first. And Calvin Ridley has gotten four touchdowns in two weeks, which is just unheard of. It seems like anyone who was able to scoop him up was just a lucky little booger. Uh, and, and, Julio, of course, has not been able to take all the touchdowns. He's always been a little uh, slow or low in the touchdown department, but his consistency isn't even there as Calvin Ridley is dominated. Speaking of that lucky little booger, moving to the pews of Samson, who have really ridden the coattails of Ridley uh, the past couple of weeks. You know, there's a there's a couple of starts here that are that are questionable. A couple of decisions that I think um, need to be looked at and addressed. Um, but he had outstanding players that, that showed up and performed. Uh, talk to me about the pubes of Samson, um, you know, con continuing to stay competitive in these close games, uh, but obviously not cresting over 100 points is not going to look good for the future. Is there uh, margins for him to make this up? 
Right, right. Well, obviously, you get Michael Thomas back. That's going to be something that's going to help out a lot. Uh, I don't think that there's a situation where you stopped Ayuk uh, ever. <laughs> it seems like that, that was a bit of a grasping at the straws. Having Joshua Kelly and, of course, Derek McKinnon on the bench is really good with all the injuries and stuff going in there. Uh, I don't see the pubes having too terribly much uh, uh, of a, a difficulty in uh, eclipsing the 100-point mark in his upcoming schedules. Yeah, I think we got to make some better decisions there in that flex play. Obviously, Julian Edelman having a, a career day is something that really helped make up for that uh, start of Ayuk. Um, but the pupils of Samson, you know, pulling this one out, um, looking forward to them hopefully making better decisions and continuing to stay competitive uh, as every week that we have multiple people scoring 100 points, it makes our job a little bit easier. Um, the, the weeks that we come in and this team, this league is just looking like absolute white dog shit, uh, those are the weeks I want to blow my brains out. And I, I know you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, I love it when you talk about blowing. Uh, well, speaking about white dog crap, we have Team Poop, who absolutely destroyed Sikleman Jacobs, a team that I think was heavily favored coming into the week. Uh, some unfortunate things happening for that team. It's going to be a, a, a tough rest of the season. Uh, but before we jump onto that, let's highlight Team Poop putting up 107 points. Uh, great performance this week. Is this something that, you know, um, is, is Team Poop going to be coming to the, uh, uh, the, the field or the felt? week over week. Uh, uh, you're having some static in there, Dick. Is there some static going on on your side? I can't I can't hear you or anything right now. It sounds like... Yeah, I'm sorry. I had, a, I had a banshee get loose inside of the studio. I had to grab it by the jugular and just turn it into stew real quick. Um, but what I was trying to say was, how does Team Poop's team look? <laughs> team, team Poop's team looks like... Uh, not... not Definitely the contender that you you so said before the Banshee got in there, but not not a team to be trifled with, needless to say. Uh, Chris Colson obviously is a steady rock, looking pretty consistent in that. I think that Drake had a slow week, but is going to rebound. Connor obviously said, oh, you're going to bench me for Snell? No, sir, no. And he came back to deliver. Uh, I think even the Indianapolis defense is saying, we're not ones to be messed with, neither. So it's it's... He's, he's definitely got a team, a, a squad of consistent people, and it seems that the right people hit at the right time when the other people fall off, and it just it worked out well for him. Yeah, I agree here. I think this team's got uh, a little room to grow. Um, Robert Woods, if they could you know, keep continue finding the, those touchdowns, there was a lot of yards, I think, that you were expecting there that weren't. Uh, Kenyon Drake, obviously being part of that high-powered offense, is going to see some more action, so... Yeah, congrats on Team Poop, man. This is a this is a couple of good performances, a tough loss on week one, but bouncing back here, um, and, and I, I think that this is going to be a good team to follow up as we go. Now, let's talk about the tragedy known as Saquon Jacobs. Um, you know, Saquon Barkley, obviously, um, out for the rest of the season. That one's going to hurt. Um, starting Paris Campbell in a week where he, you know, uh, gets injured is also going to be out. Um you know, Juju not really coming in clutch the way you, you would hope he would. Talk to me about Sikon by Jacobs. Is there an opportunity for him to turn this around, or is, is this where he throws in the towel and tanks for Trevor? <laughs> Indeed. Uh, there seems to be some sort of hope as he potentially could be getting Golladay. One of the fortunate things for this astute 
manager of a team is that he drafted Devonta Freeman, who appears to be signing and replaced uh, the injured Barkley. So that might obviously not going to be the same caliber of back, not like in any situation is this the same, but still has the uh, rookie sensation known as Kareem Hunt. Hayden Hurst seems to be starting to get in rhythm with Matt Ryan, Matty Ice. It does hurt losing Campbell as Campbell seemed to be very promising with, with the rapport he was starting to have with Rivers. I don't think that he's near the juggernaut that he appeared to be at the beginning of a season, but he definitely still has some skin in the fight. Yeah, I agree. Toot toot the horn for, for drafting uh, Devonta Freeman, and it just happens to be the replacement for a, a running back that gets injured. Uh, but you know what? Good, good with the bad, right? Uh, you lose Saquon. That, that's really the ultimate story there. Well, moving on, we have uh, another juggernaut and Team Herster putting up 118 points, leaving the Kansas City Queefs in the dust, only putting up 72.22. This team, I don't think, is going to be able to get it together. Let's start with the Queefs. Um, As hard as it is to look at this roster and try to dissect what's going on, uh, take a stab at it and, uh, you know, give me your best Kevin Spacey impression of of how bad this guy is going to get it the rest of the season. Personally, I, I don't know if I can imitate Kevin Spacey, as I believe you have to actually be the type of person that you're going to act now. You're not allowed to act, you're supposed to be. So unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to do that. But I will say this, bold strategy starting Chris Godwin, knowing he was going to be out. But then I look at his bench <laughs> and think, hmm, I might have done the same. Other than that, the rest of his team, Naeem Hines, we saw what happened with Taylor uh, you, you see that Wilkins is going to get more touches than Naeem Hines. I think that he got a little cocky and thought that, oh, he got two touchdowns week one. He's a must start and then realized he doesn't know anything about fantasy. You can only rely on what Russell Wilson so long. I mean, obviously, five touchdowns is phenomenal. That's the only thing that he has going for him. That uh, essentially is half of his points between him and John Brown, who is obviously not the epitome of consistency. What else is there to start? Yeah, well, I can tell you who he didn't start, his keeper, Austin Hooper, uh, <laughs> and instead went ahead and played Herndon. W- what's going on here? He's got to throw Herndon away. He's got to start playing Hooper. I mean, he's one of your top five keepers. It, I don't understand the brain behind the Kansas City Queefs. God bless him and the helmet that he wears. <laughs> Indeed. I don't think that anyone, even in the academy, are going to be able to determine what is going through this person's head, and especially looking at the scores, what is going through this person's head? <laughs> well, switching over to the team, Herster, uh, putting up another solid week here. Uh, obviously, the performance from Matt Ryan uh, didn't reflect the, the feeling and emotion of Atlanta after that game and falling to the superior Dallas Cowboys. Uh, but talk to me about mm-hmm. the roster of the Hoosters and uh, what do we have to look forward to in the weeks to come? Right, well, similarly, as we've said before, there's not much on the bench, but it's a good thing that his starters are all starters. Uh, it's it's nice to see that C.D. Lamb has, again, come into his own. It's only his second game as a professional, his first home game, and he shows out for 100 yards. Zeke, obviously, coming in. The, the fumbles at the beginning were very troubling, but it, it definitely turned out well for him. Matty Ice has been putting up pretty consistent numbers, and obviously, as we mentioned, Calvin Ridley being a go-to target for him. Hayden Hurst got a touchdown. Waller is baller. 
That is what they, uh, the kids have told me that it is. When you get 12 receptions and 100 yards and a touchdown out of a tight end, that's that's pretty good for you there. So I, I, I think that 118 is probably the max, his ceiling kind of stuff like that, but it wouldn't be unheard of to consistently hit 100 points moving forward. Yeah, I mean, you, you'd like to see a little more love out of your number one pick in the draft, Emmanuel Sanders. Um, not, not sure he's going to find that love ever. Maybe if he go watch his highlights from three years ago. Um, <laughs> but yeah, to, to draft someone like CeeDee Lamb on a team that has so many mouths to feed and start to get this level of production, if that continues, I, I think that's really a, a pretty big win um, in, in the draft for him. So excited to see him continue to try to put it together and uh, you know some of these young receivers and are they going to, if they can develop into a, a core that he can depend on in the postseason. Indeed. And we're going to go ahead and move on to our matchup of the week. What a sluggerfest it was. The Chewbacca defense putting up 117.48 points. My goodness. But not enough to overcome hip hip, Murray. <laughs> and putting up 129.04. My good God, what a comeback week for the person that we just schmitted all over last week. <laughs> Um, fuck the defense. Talk to me about the double hips. What's going on there, and how awesome is this squad? Right, right. Well, honestly, what in the world happened with the the Browns? The the four touchdowns between Chubb and Hunt, and then still somehow managing one with Odell Beckham Jr. He knows how to bend it properly, and it just was fascinating that he was able to get so much production out of obviously keepers, but still seeing it happen in real life was fantastic. Noah Font is looking quite well with himself, getting a touchdown, starting to grow uh, and develop a rapport, even with the next in-line quarterback, as it seems. Uh, it, it definitely is a staple to have C-Mac constantly doing that. Losing him as he's been put on the IR right now is going to devastate his lineup in the future stuff. And Kyler Murray. All right, I see now perhaps why he was kept, because look at him outperforming the supposed best quarterback in the league, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this this team is you know relying on those starters and on those keepers that just absolutely fucking performed, and I think they will continue to. Um, the gap with Christian McCaffrey will have to make up for uh, as the Denver Broncos fall apart. He's got Judy down on the bench. Um, it's it's going to be one of those teams that I, I definitely think has some some bright games ahead of them. Um, and I think the Chewbacca defense will be one of those teams as well. It just sucked to be uh, to fall victim to the highest scoring team when, when you're the second or third highest scoring team. Uh, but talk to me about the Chewbacca defense. Still an absolutely great showing. And, and what do the, the, um, the rest of this league have to look forward to the week that they're going to be sitting across the Chewbacca defense? Right, right. Well, one thing is this is a pretty average week, as you would see, as I've said before about some of the other people. It's weird that most of his points, or a lot of his points, came from the tight end in Jonu Smith. Uh, I think that it's it's fascinating, but there was a lot of hype about the kid after Delaney Walker went off, and so it's 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 impressive to see something like that, where he showed up and was able to deliver, even though it was not enough. Patrick Mahomes, of course, a twenty-five. I was sorry, twenty-seven point four eight showing is nothing to be sad about or anything like that, other than the context of losing to hip hip. Murray! Exclamation point. I'm still confused about... I guess there's a joke. 
Uh, I do think that DeAndre Hopkins, I love the fact that DeAndre Hopkins has been able to start, I mean, with no offseason, was able to already develop a, a nice in-sync Backstreet Boys type relationship with Kyler Murray is is just delightful. I'm sure that the Chibuka defense is very es- ecstatic about something like that. Yeah, I mean, these two beauty pageants of rosters are just going to continue to put up numbers week after week. They're forces to be reckoned with. And uh, excited to, to be able to review those every week. Um, you know, another year, another L. <laughs> he may be feeling good, but as soon as he sees some real competition, those are going to be some interesting matchups. So, uh, well, let's go ahead and transition over to the predictions. Um, starting off the week with a prediction of the Pubes of Samson versus Saquon Jacobs. Um, a pretty close um, uh, comparison according to the, the app projections. Uh, do you lean a certain way? Left. I always lean left, just a little bit. Short and shriveled, but that's a story for another day. I don't think that the addition of Devontae Freeman on the Giants is going to be something that you could plug in right away because he doesn't necessarily know the scheme or anything like that. I think that the rapport that the pubes has with his team and the consistency that they are all going to be in and the familiarity that they have with their particular offense. I actually give the slight nod to the pubes. Yeah. And you know what? I'm going to take Sigmund Jacobs on this one. I think, you know, despite not having the starter, there's some pretty good matchups happening. Um, and I expect some pretty high scoring weeks from, from some of the people that are on the, uh, the, the, the squad there. So I, I'll, uh, I'll, I will put my vote towards that side. Next up, we have Team Poop versus Kevin 2.0. Honestly, you had asked me at the beginning of the season prior to the draft, of course, or asked me at the end of last season, I would have been a no-brainer on taking the Kevin 2.0. I can't do it. I can't do it this time. I actually will give the nod to the Team of Poop. I think that there is going to have to be a a showdown between A-Rod and Drew Brees. And I'm excited to see if Drew Brees still has any gas left in the tank. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, unless he's playing the Queefs, Kevin 2.0 is not getting my vote until otherwise proven different. Next up, speaking of the Queefs, it's the Queefs versus Hip Hip Murray. <laughs> any any chance you're taking the Queefs on this one? I would, I would probably take the team that died in the Marshall movie over the Queefs if there was a lineup there. So yes, Hip Hip Murray gets my nod. Absolutely. I mean, at least they had fans, right? They had hope. They had potential at one point. Um, yes. I am also taking Hip Hip Murray. The Chewbacca defense versus Team Hooster. This is going to be a good one. I agree. And actually, I'm going to go against with what the ESPN scoring says. I know that there's some very favorable matchups and some showdowns looking like it's going to go down to the Chewbacca defense. But I think there's just something deep within my testes, specifically the undescended left one, that makes me think that Team Hollister is going to pull a rabbit out of his fanny pack. Yeah, I don't know about that. I'm looking at Derrick Henry at Minnesota and Miles Sanders against that soft Cincinnati defense. I'm saying the Chewbacca defense takes this one. Next up, Westerosi Fear Boners versus Victoria's Secret. There is only one team that I would put the Westerosi Fear Boners over, and that would be the Queefs. Victoria's Secret has been shafted hard and long in every matchup he's had so far this season. Starting off 0-2, he gets his payback this particular week. It's no secret who I pick in this matchup. Next up, and lastly on the projections, 
the Great Cornholios versus Another Year, Another L. Yes, well, I got another stalker, Creepy Fox, again, but I, I'm going to use my better judgment. I think the Great Cornholio has started to uh, see some of his players. He's making some of the right choices. Obviously, he hasn't had near the injury that some of the other teams have had. I think that he continues uh, this winning streak, and he will pull out on top. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, some of the matchups that he's got on his side just look juicy and prime for a big week. I think another year, another L actually finds his first L of the season. Well, that'll do it for this week. Thanks for tuning in. We appreciate your ear. We appreciate your time. We appreciate your picks, and we appreciate your... Um, anything else you want to say, Professor? No, not really exactly. Well, except for this one time at, on holiday, I, I was thinking about quarterbacks and how I really like it when they're under the huddle and then they're able to then be in the shotgun position. And that'll do it for the show. Thanks so much, everybody. See you next week.